0: To
1: to we the the kids. Kids. Hi, I'm Judy Frazier, president and founder of We the Kids. We the Kids puts God back into America's history. Listening to We the Kids radio show will inspire you and your kids to have a positive American identity, clear direction, and a powerful purpose for your life. Thank you for listening.
0: Welcome to We the Kids radio show for kids from 8 to 108. I am Arch Hunter, a father, a husband, and an historian.
2: And I'm Lydia Nuttall, a mom and executive board member for We the Kids and author of Forgotten American Stories, Celebrating America's Constitution. And later on in the show, we're going to hear from the We the Kids Liberty Players.
0: The mission of We the Kids is to put God back into America's stories to help American kids be proud to be an American, to love and defend America's constitution, and learn the principles of freedom that established unprecedented freedom in our country so that they can preserve freedom in America.
2: And that is so important. That's why we're doing this show. So we're glad you're listening.
0: And today's Forgotten American Story is, can you answer the American citizenship sample test questions?
2: So, yeah, this is part two. Arch and I did this a while back ago, and there are 100 questions, and we've just picked 35 of the 100 that pertain to early American history. And we started answering some of them. Actually, I have my daughter, Christelle, here say hi. Hello. Uh, And she's going to be drawing the questions out when it's time. We've got questions one through 35 written on little squares of laminated paper, and they're all in a container. She'll shake them. and She'll pull them out one by one and alternate asking Arch and then myself these questions. And I have not cheated. These questions are in my book. American citizenship sample test questions are in Forgotten American Stories Celebrating America's Constitution. But I told Arch that I did not peek at the answers. I've not looked at them for four years, and it's amazing how much we forget. So this <laughs> is going to be a good review for all of us.
0: Lady, would you share with our listeners, when someone moves to America and becomes a citizen, what do we now call that person? What do they have to do to become a citizen of the United States?
2: Well, they're called a naturalized American citizen. And there are certain things that you have to do if you want to become a naturalized American citizen. You have to be at least 18 years old. You have to be able to read and write and speak basic English. You need to be a person of good moral character. You've got to pass a personal interview. I guess that's how they determine that. And then you have to take and pass the American citizenship test In fact, I've seen it called the civics test, American civics test. Maybe it's called that now. But anyway, and then you take the oath of citizenship, which we talked about on a previous show, what that oath is.
0: And what is the purpose, Lydia, of the American citizenship test?
2: Well, on it are all kinds of questions that evaluate your understanding of our country, how it came to be, its founding, the Constitution, which is the supreme law of the land. It's very important that we understand what the Constitution is and what those laws are that the Constitution outlines regarding who's on what base, in essence, in government and what their powers are. And then other questions regarding our American history, you know, the different wars that we've been in, etc., and what the dynamics, what the reasonings were behind those wars, things and like that.
0: These people that want to become a citizen, how many sample questions are there?
2: Well, there are a hundred altogether, so you have to know the answers for all hundred because you're gonna actually be asked ten, a random ten from those hundred questions. And Out of those ten questions that you are asked to answer, guess how many you have to answer correctly in order to become a citizen of the United States of America.
0: Well, I would hope, Lydia, at least eight.
2: Well, (laughs) it's actually six. So you have to get a D. Wouldn't that be a D (laughs) in school? You have to at least get a D.
0: (laughs) That sounds like a D. Yes, six out of ten.
2: Is a D. So um, literally, you just can't get an F, but you can get an A, B, C, or D, and then you can pass a citizenship test. So now our question is how many can you and I answer correctly today? Drum roll, please. Drum roll,
0: please. Uh, please give us a little bit of background on your daughter that's going to be asking questions.
2: Well, let's see. How old are you, Christelle? I'm 15 years old. Where do you go to school? To go to school at Liberty Hills Academy, which is a private school in my state. Yep. And she has agreed to draw these questions out of the container randomly for you and I to answer, Arch.
0: Christelle, what is your favorite subject?
2: I really like my English class. We read a lot of classic books that, that are just really nice to know and really good stories, too.
0: So would you say that English is your favorite subject to study in school?
2: I like all my subjects since I have really good teachers, but my English class is pretty fun.
0: And have you thought about possibly going into teaching English when you get out of school?
2: Definitely not.
0: <laughs> no. Teachers not in your in your future? No. <laughs> uh, have you thought of anything about what you would like to do after you get out of school? I know you still have a few years at to go.
2: I have no clue. But thank you for asking. (laughs)
0: Like maybe uh, uh, an astronaut or an orthopedic surgeon? No?
2: No, <laughs>
0: you just oh. look at her eye, look at her eyes like, what? Okay, well, what I'm just, you know, that? there's time to decide that. So, this is well, Chris, I was really hoping you would say that American history was your favorite subject. <laughs> I understand. I, I totally understand. So,
2: yeah, Arch being the history teacher, maybe she might run for political office. Good heavens. She served an internship at our Capitol at the Salt Lake City Capitol building earlier this year and during the legislative session. So, so who knows? Maybe she will be a part of our form of government in her life. Who knows?
0: She could start as being in the House and then move up to the Senate and then move <laughs> all the way to the White House.
2: Yeah. Vote for Christelle for president. Yes.
0: yes. So, Linda, yeah. you would be the first, I guess, what, first grandmother lady? I don't know.
2: <laughs> I think we better stop. I
0: think we better stop there, too. Yes, Christelle. Okay
2: all right so she pulled out the first question all right who vetoes bills who's it for me or arch how about you arch
0: who vetoes bills that would be the president of the united states
2: and she's checking to see if you got it right ding 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 good job arch okay she's drawing another question what is the economic system in the united states And I would assume that's for me. We have a free market economy or capitalism. Correct. All right.
0: Or at least a form of free market capitalism.
2: Yeah, that's true. We're kind of getting off base there with that. Who signs bills to become laws?
0: That's also the president of the United States. Correct. And if the president does not sign something into law and vetoes it? Is that the end of it? I, I'll throw that out to you, Lydia. I know that's not an example question questions
2: here. I think, okay, I think, can it be overridden? Yeah, can it be overridden? Is that what you're asking? Yes, yes. I mean, because
0: your daughter asked me who vetoes bills, and I said the president. Well, is there something else that could be done to override a presidential veto?
2: I think so. <laughs> That's that's an either yes or no. That's an I don't know.
0: I think so is not a good answer.
2: (laughs) I know it's not. All right, then I'll say yes. There's something else that can happen. But I'm not sure what the logistics are. I'm assuming it has something to do with the Senate and the House.
0: Yes, Congress can override a presidential veto. And the same thing in the states. The state legislatures can override a governor's veto of a bill. So it doesn't happen all that often. And I believe the last time it majorly happened in the United States was the uh, War Powers Act in 1973, where oh, wow. Nixon vetoed the War Powers Act and Congress overrode his veto. So
2: That's kind of an interesting check and balance there.
0: Yes. But I digress, so I apologize.
2: <laughs> oh, no worries. It's fun to digress with
0: Arch Hunter, who are ha-
2: you, teacher juice
0: come out of me. That's all. Awesome. <laughs> okay, Christelle, you're up.
2: Mm -hmm. Okay. Question number 15 on the sample test questions. Who is in charge of the executive
0: branch? Mom? The president. Correct. Correct. And our three branches are Lydia...
2: Executive, legislative, and judicial. And believe it or not, before I started getting interested in real American history—not the stuff I was taught in school, but real live, honest-to-goodness stories of American heritage—that is the only thing I knew about our United States Constitution. Oh. That it said what you know. If someone asked me that question, that's the only one I could actually answer. Was huh. judicial, executive, legislative. Okay. So, thankfully, I know more. <laughs>
0: <laughs> thankfully.
2: <laughs> yes. Crystal. Okay. Question number 10. Coming to you, Arch, what is freedom of religion?
0: A person has the right to practice any religion they so choose or even not practice any religion if they so choose. Correct. Very good. Yay, Arts And, Lydia, why do we have that? Why do we have freedom of religion? Well, yeah. Why is it in our Constitution is that so specific that we have freedom of religion?
2: Well, it's actually the First Amendment. And it's if we don't have the freedom to believe or think or act upon our conscience— then we're not free at all. And there could be no freedom of anything. I mean, the freedom of religion, the freedom of conscience, freedom to believe and worship as you feel right, that's like the foundation of our freedom, of all other freedoms,
0: wouldn't you say? I would say that, yes, absolutely. And you and I have discussed in other shows, one of the reasons that so many people came to America is to be able to practice their own religion. Or practice, or or not practice a religion without prosecution or persecution.
2: Yeah, which is huge because back in the day, you know, when you lived under a monarch or a king or a queen or an emperor or empress or a dictator or whatever, they didn't like people thinking differently than them because it was a threat to their power, to their reign, to their, their rulership. So they would make laws where whatever religion they were, everyone else had to be also. It was non-threatening to them. So it's, it's also the right to believe differently politically or educationally. I, I'm really grateful we have this because, for instance, um, public ed wasn't working as well for my kids as private or homeschool education was. And thankfully, because I believe that and because we have freedom of religion or freedom of conscience, freedom of beliefs protected in this nation, I could then pursue a different direction for my kids educationally based on my beliefs. So not so in so many other countries. Yes. You don't have that freedom at all to educate your children you yeah. know, at home or at a different school or whatnot. So I'm grateful for that. And freedom. Lydia,
0: this is a little off topic, but does Christelle have siblings?
2: I don't know, Christelle. Do you have any siblings? I have one brother who's very older than me.
0: (laughs) You have. So Christelle is the baby of the family, Lydia?
2: She is. She's our caboose. Okay.
0: Hey, watch it. I'm also the baby of my family, too. And Christelle and I don't appreciate being labeled a caboose. (laughs) Christelle, I'll stick up for the both of us, so...
2: Okay. Yeah, her brother's 24, she's 15, so there's nine years difference between okay. the two of
0: them. All right, ready for the next question.
2: Mm-hmm. All right, question number 22, Come to you, Mom. We elect a U.S. representative for how many years? Oh, pick me, pick me, two. Two. two years. And the Senate is six. I think we had that question last time how long yeah, do you well, elect-
0: you, you're giving answers to questions that christelle's not even asking here or it's,
2: oh, i think that's because last time we did this she asked the one about senate how long do you elect a senator for hopefully if not if she draws it out then you've got the answer arch well
0: then we also might say well then how long is a president sir oh,
2: pick me pick me
0: go ahead Lydia
2: four years so it's two four and six
0: and how long may a president be in office
2: isn't that eight two terms
0: it's either four eight or ten. Ten years oh,
2: how does it get to be ten if
0: you are the vice president and the president cannot fulfill the office and uh-huh. they have two years or less in their term you fill that and then you can also run twice on your own Huh, I'll be darned. So a, president, a president can serve 10 years or less.
2: Okay. Well, I learned something new today. Thank you, Arch.
0: <laughs> so, did we lose, Christelle?
2: Nope, I'm right here.
0: All right.
2: Awesome. All right. Question 21 The House of Representatives has how many voting members? Presently, 435. Correct. Yay. I always get those numbers switched. 435, sometimes I get 543, but you're right, it's 435. And
0: and that number changes every two years according to our population total.
2: Every two years or 10 years when we do the census?
0: Well, when we do the census, but I'm thinking, I'm sorry, Yeah, you're right, but I'm thinking it's going to change this year because of the census. So, yes, it's every 10 years according to the census.
2: Because it's based on population representation.
0: Yes. Yeah.
2: All right. Question 17, what are the two parts of the U.S. Congress? House and Senate, and I'm assuming that was my question. Yep. Yay. You're right. So members of the House of Representatives and our senators. Okay, Arch. Question number eight, what did the Declaration of Independence do?
0: Well, it declared our independence from our mother country, Great Britain, and it said that we are now free and independent states.
2: (laughs) Yes, and that we are absolved from all allegiance to the British crown.
0: Christelle, I believe you asked me that question.
2: Oops, oh, sorry, sorry. Not sorry.
0: your mother, correct?
2: Oh, <laughs> that's what it says in the declaration.
0: Okay. I think we have time, Christelle, for one more for your mother.
2: Okay. <laughs> question 27. In what month do we vote for president? November, Correct. November, 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 bing, 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 bing. Well, I didn't do as bad as what I, I guess I could have.
0: Great, yeah, right. Liddy and Christelle, do you know why it's always the first Tuesday after the first Monday in November? No, but I bet you, you do. I do. I just particularly, why is it the first Tuesday after the first Monday? There's two parts to that question. Okay, so tell us. We are just anticipating. One is because they wanted to give everybody enough time. So, you know, sometimes, oh, my gosh, today is like the first day of the month, and we forget that possibly tomorrow we vote. So that's why it's the first Tuesday after the first Monday. And secondly, Lydia, they made it on Tuesday because so many people at the beginning of our country were churchgoers that oftentimes it would take them many hours during Sunday to wow. get church and then get home from church. So they wanted to give a day in between so that they would be able to get their chores done before they had to vote on that Tuesday.
2: Wow, that would totally make sense. Yeah, if you're back in the horse and buggy days. Yes. Yeah, that would totally make sense.
0: So, Christelle, well, thank you so much for asking more questions. If you want to come back, we'd like to have you back and do that for us again.
2: Yes, thank you for inviting me.
0: And please think about allowing American history to be your favorite subject. (laughs) Of course, Arch. All right, thanks, Christelle. Lydia, let me give you a quote from George Mason, who was one of our founding fathers when he was a delegate from Virginia to the Constitutional Convention. No free government or the blessings of liberty can be preserved by any people but by a firm adherence to justice, moderation, temperance, frugality, and virtue by the frequent reoccurrence of the fundamental principles.
2: Ooh, I love that. Frequent recurrence to fundamental principles. And that's why we take the American citizenship test when we want to become naturalized American citizens. And that's why we are asking these questions of all of our listening audience so that you too can know the answers to these questions. Because They are, in essence, fundamental principles upon which our country was built. And I love what he said that he included moderation, temperance, frugality, Mm -hmm. virtue, justice. Those are all principles also upon which our country was based. So if you think of the opposites of those, the opposite of frugality Opposite of virtue, opposite yes. of temperance, you know, moderation. Yeah. We want to make sure we want to stick
0: to those fundamental principles. And we want to be people that adhere to that. And that's part of our character, which we have talked about in other shows. So thank you, Estelle, for coming and helping us out today. And we're going to ask you to come back and please help us again in future programs. So we invite everyone from eight to 108 to please come and join us again for We the Kids radio show and to hear more of America's forgotten stories and learn principles of freedom so that we can all preserve our freedom. Something to ponder for you this week. How many American citizen test questions could you answer? And what are you going to do so that you, if you took the test, could pass it?
2: And the answer is, keep listening to the yes. We the Kids radio mm-hmm. show. Woohoo! We invite you to check out the We the Kids website also. It's wethekids.us for additional stories, insights, and activities that you can do with your kids to help them be proud to be American and to love and to defend America's Constitution. We thank you for supporting We the Kids. Now, let's see what the We the Kids Liberty Players are up to.
1: It's time for the We the Kids Liberty Players.
3: It's 1907, the busiest year for immigrants coming to the United States. The Cornell family is missing their father, who is a doctor and medical examiner on Ellis Island.
1: Mother, when will father be home? He won't be home for supper tonight, Anna.
3: Why not, mother?
1: Well, I spoke to him earlier and he told me that they had never processed more immigrants in a single day. Over
3: 10,000. That's a lot of medical examinations. Sure is. You mean Father gave over 10,000 medical examinations today? Of course not, silly. There's a whole team of doctors and medical examiners, and nurses and all other kinds of people.
2: Don't they have doctors where they come from? Yes, they do,
1: William, but that doesn't mean that people always go to the doctor. Many people are very poor in their own countries and have a limited ability to change their situation. They come here for opportunity and
3: freedom. So, are they sick?
1: No, Anna, it is your father's job as a doctor to see that they are not.
3: Father's been working a lot lately. Seems like all of Europe has decided they can find a better life in America. Seth Jacobs' father says that the people coming to Ellis Island are all idiots, imbeciles, feeble minded people, epileptics, oh yeah, and polygamists.
1: That's horrible, William. What's a polygamist? You never mind that, Anna.
3: No, he didn't, William. He was reading the new Immigration Act signed by Teddy Roosevelt. There's a copy of the legislation in the New York Weekly Witness. I have it right here. The new Immigration Act charges $4 per head tax to the owner of the vessel that brings them. What Mr. Jacob was reading was this. Section 2. The following classes of aliens shall be excluded from admission into the United States. All idiots, imbeciles, feeble-minded persons, epileptics insane persons and persons who have been insane within five years previous persons who have had two or more attacks of insanity at any time previously paupers persons likely to become a public charge professional beggars persons afflicted with tuberculosis or with a loathsome or dangerous contagious disease persons not comprehended within any of the foregoing excluded cases who are found to be and are certified by the examining surgeon as being mentally or physically defective such mental or physical defect being of a nature which may affect the ability of such an alien to earn a living persons who have been convicted of or admit to having committed a felony or other crime or misdemeanor involving moral turpitude, polygamists, or persons who admit their belief in the practice of polygamy, anarchists, or persons who believe in or advocate to overthrow by force or violence the government of the United States. Well, I guess that excludes you, James. Ha ha ha. Very funny. You're ready for vaudeville now.
1: Well, that is exactly why your father is there. As a physician, he determines the health and eligibility of those coming through Ellis Island, and it is his job to treat them if he can.
3: Father says most people are just too tired from the trip. He says many of them are seasick for weeks and have a hard time holding down food and water. He says that sometimes when they get here, they're weak and malnourished, and that often makes them look like they're sick. People must really have hard times to make them want to leave their homes and come here just for some factory job for 70 cents an hour. And work a hundred hours per week.
1: Yes, but in some places, they have no work at all. And no work means no food. Not for them, not for their children. How horrible it must be for them. Hello? Yes, I can take the call. Darling, when will you be home? What? maybe a week? Quarantine? Why? Oh, I see. But I have to tell the children. I love you too. Call us. Tell the children what, Mother? <sighs> Listen, children, I have something very serious to tell you. Your father has been exposed to smallpox. He's been quarantined for two weeks at the new hospital. So he won't be home for two weeks? I'm afraid not. Are they making him stay there? No, dear. He's afraid to bring it home to us.
3: Conditions were difficult on the ships that brought immigrants, and disease was easily spread through combined areas. They were examined and marked with chalk on their lapels, depending on their ailment. The hospital, built at the height of immigration on Ellis Island in 1907, saw more than 3,100 deaths from diseases ranging from smallpox to tuberculosis. In addition, hundreds of children were born in that hospital as well. People who were ineligible for entry under the Immigration Act of 1907 were returned to their home port. People who could not pay their hospital bills were returned as well. Children under 12 who did not qualify were returned to their home port with at least one parent. As difficult as that law was, and as harsh and insensitive as it might sound, it was there to protect the citizens of the United States. While this was an exciting time and a new chapter in the lives of many who were seeking liberty and opportunity, many came so close only to die or to be made to return to where they came from. There was always the potential for hardship and risk. Today, we give up our liberty willingly for far lesser threats. It is sometimes difficult to understand when you have not personally lived through true oppression, how fortunate we are to be born in such a truly great country. If you want to hear more stories like this, consider making a donation to WeTheKids.us. We will see you next week. Thank you for listening.
0: We want to invite everyone from 8 to 108 to listen and please join us on We The Kids radio show and to hear more forgotten stories. Learn the principles of freedom that established unprecedented freedom in America so that we can all, whether we're 8 or 108, preserve our freedom.